This morning we're going to be in Matthew chapter 15. My sermon is titled, Just a Crumb. Someone say that with me. Just a crumb. You know, and, and uh, I didn't intentionally um, give you an illustrated sermon. There may be crumbs on your chair from last week. And unfortunately, if that's the case, I'm sorry. But it gives you life to what we're about to talk about today. Because I guarantee you, if some of you, if you're looking next to you, might have some crumbs on your, on your chair from last, uh, last week with Teen Challenge. But over the, the last few weeks, we've started looking at faith, and I thought we were going to go back to Exodus uh, this week, and then uh, God brought me through again and said, no, you're going to talk about faith again. And uh, so I'm obedient to him, and so I, hopefully this word speaks to your life, and maybe we'll catch Exodus another time. Um, but three weeks ago, we started looking at faith, and we looked at uh, Matthew chapter 14, and we saw the five loaves and two fish, right? And we saw that faith starts, what, small and then if we are willing to and able to surrender it to God, then it grows, right? And our faith grows, amen? And that's what I, I, I hope we get out of what we've been looking at the last few weeks is that our faith grows. And then two weeks ago, we looked at Peter walking on the water, and we saw that faith was sometimes it's uncomfortable, right? It's not something that it's not comfortable. It's, it's uncomfortable sometimes. It takes courage. Faith acts, and we must also be intentional in our faith, right? We must be intentional in our faith. This morning, we're going to be looking at a woman, and she earns the title, Great Faith. You of Great Faith. She earns the title of You of Great Faith from Jesus. And I imagine that this title did not come easy. I imagine it, it came hard because faith's uncomfortable. And I know faith sometimes is challenging. It's not the easiest thing to do to step out in faith. Sometimes it's pure out hard. It's sometimes it, 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 it's flat out challenging. And I imagine for this woman, it did not come easy it was difficult great faith i believe that if i pass this mic around i believe you all would say we want great faith every one of us there's not one of us that says i don't want great faith we all want to be people of great faith as individuals as a corporate body we all want to be people of great faith i believe we want great faith that can move mountains I believe you want great faith that can defy the laws of nature. I believe you want great faith that will not be predicated on our circumstance or situation, but I believe you want great faith that would overcome the situation and the issues that we go through, amen? I believe you want great faith that are able to close the mouths of lions. We want that kind of faith. We want great faith. Are you with me, church? I want great faith. I want to be known as a, as a, as a pastor, as a friend, as a father, as, as a brother of, 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 of a person who has great faith. I want that for myself. I want that for you. I want that for me. I want that for our family. I want it for everybody. Great faith. But what are the obstacles that we face that hinder us from receiving great faith? What are the things that, that hinder us from getting to that point where we receive great faith what are they this morning i want to take a look at three obstacles that stood in the way of this woman no name woman just her name's woman that's all the bible says because it really isn't important what her name is what's important is she had great faith right if i can remember to have great faith and you don't care what my and you don't know who my, my name is that's all that matters you remembered who I was. I was a person of great faith. And this woman was that. She was a person of great faith. And her great faith was the direct result of conquering these three obstacles that were in her life. Each obstacle in her life was placed there 
not for her to be defeated, but for her faith to be challenged and for her faith to grow. Amen? Each obstacle that we face is there for a purpose. It's there for a reason. It's there for a season. It's there to grow us. It's there to stretch us, to adjust us. And I believe in life that we go through obstacles. I believe sometimes life is an obstacle course, right? What's the purpose of an obstacle course? It's a challenge. What are you supposed to do in an obstacle course? Finish the race. Not give up halfway through because you're faced with an obstacle. It challenges you. It grows you to get to the finish line. And hopefully in life, our finish line is there meeting Jesus. And Jesus can say, Anthony, you have great faith. Brother Bill, you have great faith. Sister Joyce, you have great faith. Amen? That's the final line. That's the finish line to say that. Well done, my faith and, 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 and my faithful servants. Amen? You have great faith. That's the final outcome that I hope that we all will receive when we finish that line in the race of life. This morning, we're going to be going to Matthew chapter 15, 21 through 28 this morning. First two verses, 21, 22 says this, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David. Have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. The first thing I want us to see is great faith was the result of a severe need. Someone say severe need. Her great faith was a direct result of this woman's severe need. She had a need. She was demon, the daughter was demon-possessed. The NIV says that the daughter was demon-possessed and suffering terribly. The New King James Version, if you have that version, says the, da the daughter was severely demon-possessed. She had a severe problem, a severe need. And this lady went before Jesus. And she, she took her severe need. She took her daughter, uh, her issues to, to Jesus. And here Jesus was in town. He wasn't in his region. He was in the Gentile region. He was out of his area, and he goes to the Gentile region, and I imagine that this lady who never met Jesus before but probably heard about Jesus, heard about all the miracles that Jesus was performing, had confidence and assurance and faith that Jesus was able to heal her daughter if she was able just to get to Jesus. So she took this issue. She presented it before Jesus, knowing he could do it. I want you to think about just something just for just a moment here. If this woman never had this issue, if this woman never had the severity of this issue, would there be, would there be a, a, a what's the word I'm looking for? Would there be a, a reason to have good faith, great faith? There wouldn't be. There wouldn't be. So what if, if, if this situation happened, and it did happen, it happened to grow her faith? If, if she never had the severe need, she would have never have met Jesus Christ. Think about that. Because there, when there's a need, there is a need for faith to work. I want you to write this down. This is not in your listening sheet. If there is a need, there is an opportunity for faith. Flat out. You have a need, you have an opportunity for faith. Amen. That is huge when you think about it. You have a need. You have an opportunity for faith in your life. Flat out. What would happen if we went before God all the time like we do when we have a severe need? 
Let me tell you, a need is a necessity. If it's a necessity, it's a severe need. And what we need to start doing is treating our needs as severe and going before God as they are severe needs. If we were diagnosed with something today, we'll be dealing with God and going before God a severe way. But what happens if we have a regular need and treat it in a severe way and go before God as if it was severe? What would happen? I would, I would think that, you know what will happen? Things will start happening because we approach God differently. We approach him differently when something severe happens in our life than just a regular need. But what happens if we take that regular need and make it a severe need and go after the throne of God? Amen? What would happen if we did that in every single uh, uh, issue and need that we had? Here this lady was. Wasn't a Jew, but a Gentile. He, she viewed this as this, this obstacle as an opportunity for Jesus to work in her life. Let me tell you something. We have two choices here. We can view something, uh, view our need as an obstacle, or we can view our need as an opportunity. Which one? Is it going to be an obstacle or is it going to be an opportunity? Opportunity for what? For God to work in your life. Amen. What if we looked at every obstacle as an opportunity for God to work, as an opportunity for our faith to increase, as an opportunity for God to do the miraculous? What would happen if we would face life differently? You could view your need as an obstacle of defeat, or you can view your need as an opportunity of victory. That's a choice. That's our choice. It's not easy. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. It, it, like I mentioned last week or two weeks ago, it's uncomfortable. It's hard sometimes. But we have a choice. You can view it as an obstacle of defeat or an opportunity of victory. This lady chose it to, to, to see it as an opportunity of victory. That's what she chose. Amen? And she saw her victory through the eyes of great faith. Of great faith. The second thing I want us to see is found in verse 23. Listen to this. Jesus did not answer. I can stop it right there, really. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. The second thing I want you to see about great faith is, was the result of silence. Silence. Crickets, right? Silence. Here she was pleading with Jesus. She called Jesus the Messiah. She said, you're the son of David. She's saying, you are, you are the Messiah. This Gentile woman saw him as the Messiah, and the Jews didn't even see that. Here she was. You are the Messiah. She requested mercy upon her. She presented her need before him. She did everything right by the textbook of, of the Bible or by Christianity or whatever you want to call it. She presented her, her needs before God, before Jesus in the flesh. God in the flesh, Jesus. She presented her need there. And she poured out her heart. And she said, have mercy on me. My daughter has a severe uh, a dim possession. And her request was met with silence. You ever experienced that before? I have. When you think about it, flat out in the Bible, just silence. It says it right there. Jesus did not answer a word. Silence, absolutely silence, no answer, no comment, no response, just silence. 
So what does she do during the silence? She pressed forward. She moved forward. She continued moving forward. And how do we know this? Because it says it in the end of 23. It says, for she keeps crying out after us. Disciples said, get rid of her. She keeps crying out. I can imagine Jesus in the front just walking. I can imagine his 12 disciples behind him. And I can imagine this lady just yelling, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, have mercy on me. And he's silent. And these, these 12 are probably sitting there. Can he just do something? Just shut her up, send her on her way, right? And she just keeps continues pushing forward. Jesus, have mercy on me. Son of David, Jesus. I would say that we all have experienced this. We take something before God in prayer. And all we hear is silence. We get no response. We feel that God is a thousand miles away. We feel that, that, that there's a glass ceiling bef- between us and God and our prayers just keep bouncing back to us. It feels like sometimes we're just talking to ourselves. It seems like that God isn't there, isn't around, and he doesn't hear us because all there is is silence. We've all felt that point in our life. This lady had great faith because of the silence she received. Why? Because it takes great faith to keep moving. It, it takes great faith because she never stopped asking. She never, never stopped see, uh, seeking out for God. She never stopped. Not once. In fact, uh, there, I've, I've been asked this question before, and a lot of times I've been asked this question, how long do we have to pray for something? I don't know. But I do know one thing. Until you receive an answer. Right? I think so many times we take the silence and too many of us have received the silence and because we received the silence, what we did was we stopped praying. But we never got an answer. We never got an answer. Think about that. We never got an answer. And we take a silence, and I've said this before, we take silence as a no, and we stop praying. We stop praying. We give it up. There's people that we've given up on because all we've gotten was silence. It's not time yet. Maybe there's a different way or God's different will, whatever it may be, but we've taken silence as a no, and we've given up on praying. Too many of us has taken that stance. An unanswered prayer does not mean no. An unanswered prayer is an unanswered prayer. I want you to think about this. This lady who Jesus in the front, the disciples in the back, and her calling out to Jesus, and Jesus is silent. She could have said, well, he's not responding to me. No. And turned around, went home. We would never be talking about her today. She would have lost the title of great faith because she would never have great faith. And her daughter would have never been healed because she stopped praying too early. Because of silence. Because of the silence, she continued moving forward and received great faith. Here's another thing I should have put in the listing sheets and I didn't. It takes more faith to keep praying than it does to stop praying. It takes more faith to keep praying than it does to stop praying. I don't need no faith to stop praying. Stop praying, my faith ends right there. It's the end of the road. That's a dead end. I'm done. I can't move forward. It's finished. But it takes greater faith to say, you know what? I haven't got a response yet, so I'm going to keep pushing hard. I'm going to keep pushing in. I'm going to keep praying. 
I'm going to keep seeking. I'm going to keep maybe fasting. I'm going to keep going after God until I receive an answer. Yes or no? Yes or no? Silence means keep praying. I need to receive an answer. Amen? 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Romans 12.12 12 says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. When you're faithful to something, you stay after it. Right? You keep the relationship going. You're faithful with it. Faithful in prayer. Some of us have lost the opportunity to experience great faith because we've stopped praying too early. We've all done it. I'm guilty of it. The, there's a finger pointing back at me. I'm guilty of it. I've stopped praying for things. I've given up on individuals, different circumstances. I've given up on because I'm tired and I'm fed up, but I've never got the answer. And I stopped praying. I stopped praying. Think about that. We've given up. We've given up the opportunity to experience great faith. This lady received her request. This lady has the honor of being called great faith because she never gave up in the silence that she received. Amen? Keep going. Keep pushing through the silence. The third thing I want us to see this morning, going back to verse 23 to 26, is that Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, Similarly, he answered. He said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. And he replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Harsh. I'm going to break that down for you. The third thing I want us to see about great faith, it was the result of, of a snub, snubbing. I need another S word, so snub was the word. <laughs> Snubbing, right? Get snubbed, got dissed, whatever you rejected, whatever you want to call it. This lady was rejected by the disciples. The disciples really at this point, I don't think they can care. Care less. Heal, heal her daughter, don't heal her. Just whatever you do, Jesus, get her away from us, right? That's all they wanted. Just let, let them go. Let, let her leave. Do, do whatever you need to do, Jesus. Just get her out of our hair. I'm tired of hearing her voice, right? That's what the father, they were thinking. She was snubbed by the disciples. They rejected her as a human being. The, 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 the Jews looked at the Gentiles as dogs. That's what that, they, they looked upon Gentiles as dogs. So you and I are dogs. Amen. In their eyes, you know. Jesus met the request with a statement. He says he was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's what he says. And Jesus defined the focus of his mission to his upset disciples and to this Gentile woman. And this wasn't just a full rejection. What this was was really was a test of faith by this woman. As Jesus requested to see where this woman's faith, where was this woman's faith? What did she do? She pressed harder to him. She responded to the rebuff from Jesus with an increased dedication she continued going after. See, how many of us, after being talked to like that with, by Jesus, would say, okay, Jesus, peace, I'm out, right? Accept the rejection, accept the snub, say, well, Jesus snubbed me, I'm out, I'm gone, and leave. Some of us would. 
Because we don't take rejection very easy. We get rejected and we're done. We shut down. Look, look what this woman did. She continues to show her dedication. The New King James Version in verse 25 says she came and worshipped him. After Jesus said that, she came and worshipped him. Look how simple her worship is. Nothing extravagant, nothing long. She says, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. That was her worship. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And sometimes we feel that, 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 that there's a need for all these extra words and faith that we need to do all these things, that we need to, to do this and do that. And all this woman is saying is, Lord, help me. I worship you. Lord, help me. Powerful prayer. Lord, help me. And sometimes we look at Lord, help me like, oh, that's, just a, that's a simple prayer. That's, that's not mighty. And that, that can't move the hand of God. Really? Because this, this lady experienced great faith. And all she said was, Lord, help me. And she answered Jesus' question with a rebuff. Let me show you his reply. Matthew 26, he replied this. It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. In fact, it wasn't a question that he was asking. It was a statement that he was saying. It's not right. What does that mean exactly? This, this statement is kind of discouraging to this woman when you think about it. He tells her it's not right to take what belongs to the Jews, which is, our, is the bread, it's not right for the, for the, for, to take me from the Jews and be given to the dogs, to the Gentiles. It's not right for food to be taken off from our children and be given to a dog, a Gentile. And he says this. And you think about that and you're like, ooh, that's, that's kind of hard, Jesus. Right? And really what it is, it's, it's not like, and, and, I, and I mean this with, with all sincerity though, but he was calling her a dog as in a sense of, of a pet in your house, right? They're part of your family, not a dingy dog in the street, right? It's kind of like, hey, it's a nice little poodle instead of a mean little Rottweiler. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Rottweilers are cool to me, so, I mean, it's cool. Call me a Rottweiler. I'm good with that. But uh, don't call me a Chihuahua. I hate Chihuahuas. <laughs> They're from the devil. devil has a dog, it'll be a Chihuahua. Sorry. Sorry, Martinez family over there. <laughs> sorry, sorry. There's a lot of chihuahuas out there. None of them love the chihuahuas. But he's calling her uh, like, a, like a family pet. Like a family pet. And it sounds harsh, but in reality, it, it wasn't. But, I mean, in reality, let's be real. He did call her a dog. He did. But listen to what he's trying to say. He's saying, you, you wouldn't take food off your table and feed your dog first, would you? He says, I'm... I'm here for the Jewish people. I'm here to minister to them. If I minister to you, I can't minister to them. We, can't, we wouldn't take the food off our table and feed it to our dogs and then turn around to Haley and Dennis and say, I'm sorry, but Kobe is our dog. Kobe ate all your food. No, no food tonight, right? We wouldn't do that, right? We just wouldn't do that. And that's what he's saying. But even in the snub, even by the disciples and by Jesus, what does she do? She continues pressing forward. If you don't get nothing out of this, let me tell you this. This is powerful, okay? Stick with me for a few more minutes. This is powerful here. Verse 27, she says, yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. 
I, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't stop reading that this week. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. The fourth thing I want us to see is about great faith. It was great faith was the result of her standpoint, her perspective. Her great faith was from her perspective. Let me share with you what her perspective was. She tells Jesus, no, you know what? It's not right to feed a dog first before you feed a child. You're absolutely right. I'm not arguing that fact, Jesus. You're 100%. She said, yes, yes, it is, Lord. Flat out, you're right. She says, however, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She responds with great faith. She admitted her lowness in society. She never argued and debated the issue of being called a dog. She never once demanded to get the loaf. All she asked for was to be blessed like a dog. Think about that. All she asked for was to be blessed by a dog. I'm telling you, tell you what, Kobe's not an inside dog, but when we throw a little, little hot dog or something out there, that thing is gone, and he's grateful for it, and he's happy for it, and he accepts it, and he loves it, right? All she asked was to be blessed like a dog. What was she saying? She was telling Jesus, listen, Jesus, they could have the bread. I just want the crumb. They can have the bread. I just want the crumb. Nothing more, nothing less. I just want the crumb, Jesus. That's it. That's all I want. That's all I need is just the crumb. And look what his response was. Jesus tells her in Matthew 28, 15, 28, she says, Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and your daughter was healed. And her daughter was healed at that moment. This Canaanite woman, this dog, this Gentile, was given a compliment by Jesus. She was viewed as a dog. She was viewed as the lowest of society. She was viewed as beneath the disciples and Jesus. And Jesus gave her this compliment. He says, you of great faith. You of great faith. You know how many times Jesus gave that out? Twice in his ministry. Twice. He gave it to this lady here and the Roman centurion in Matthew 8 who asked for his servant to be healed. Twice. Do you know who those two people were? Gentiles. Do you know how many times he said that to a Jewish person? None. Absolutely none. Do you know how many times he said this to his disciples? None. None. Do you know how many times he said this to anybody else other than these two people? Zero. In fact, he told his disciples the opposite. He said, you have little faith. You have little faith. This woman had great faith, and you have little faith. We saw that two weeks ago when Peter walked on the water, and Jesus says, you have little faith. Walking on the water is way bigger than accepting the crumb. But he still said, you have little faith, because he lost faith. How can this woman who was viewed as a dog receive the title of you of great faith? How can that happen? How is this possible? It's because all this woman wanted was the crumbs from the master. That's it. She didn't want the whole loaf. 
Just a crumb. Just a little crumb. That's all she wanted. Out of everyone in the ministry, in his ministry, out of everyone who he touched, out of all the miracles, out of every, every interaction he had, she got it. She got it. She got that all Jesus was saying is all we need is just a crumb. Not this big, huge thing. All she needs is a crumb. Throughout all his teachings, throughout all his healings, throughout all the miracles, she got it. Just the woman was outside the covenant God made with Israel. She was outside of that covenant. She didn't keep religious traditions. She didn't keep, she wasn't a Jew. She was a Gentile. She understood something that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Jewish people did not understand. And she realized that God was a good God. And she understood that. And she realized that all we need from God is just a crumb. That's it. And you think about a crumb as insignificant. We sweep them up in our kitchen. My wife hates crumbs. She can sense a crumb no matter how small it is. I can guarantee you, right? And we sweep it up like nothing. We throw it out. And all she says is, listen, even the dogs get a crumb from the master's table. All I need, Jesus, is I just need a crumb. That's it. So we can have a crumb from Jesus. Jesus says all we need is a mustard seed. She got it. All you need is a crumb. Mustard seed, crumb. She understood. She understood what he's saying. That's it. Just a little, little bit. That's it. The woman was a cast of society, viewed as a dog, but she got it. And she earned the title, you of great faith. Let me tell you this. The greatest faith is not the largest faith. The greatest faith is not longevity faith. The greatest faith doesn't come from you being a Christian a day or a hundred years. Greatest faith is not for those just of scholars or Bible memorization or anything like that. Because if it was, this lady would not have received healing that day. The greatest faith is attainable for each one of us if we realize all we need is just a crumb of faith. That's it. That's powerful when you think about that. That's absolutely powerful. Let me tell you this. See, I think we, we, we put this conditions. We put this, this parameters on faith. And what it does, it really, it, it hinders us. It doesn't help us, it hinders us. I was talking to Miss Candice a, a few weeks back, and we were talking about how God moves in our faith. And you look at other countries, thorough countries, and you see mighty moves of God happening. You see people get up out of wheelchairs. You see blind people see. You see the deaf hear. You see all these things happen. You're like, wow, that's amazing. Why can't it happen here? That's right. You know why? We want the loaf. They're satisfied with the crumb. That's why they're satisfied with the crumb. And they see God move in a mighty way because they say, I just see it a little bit. Just like the, the lady who reached out and touched the robe of Jesus. I can just touch Jesus just 
a little bit, I can be healed. I can receive a crumb of faith. Just a crumb. A crumb of faith. We will see and we will receive the greatest faith. See, we are the disciples. The third world countries are this woman. They receive the crumb. And let's be honest, we don't. We say, you know what? The crumb's worthless. We want bigger and better. We're, we want the loaf. And Jesus says, listen, all you need is a crumb. Stand with me this morning. Let me tell you this. Faith does not require much. And I keep thinking about that this week when I was going over this study. It's not much, church. It's absolutely not much at all. It's nothing. It's a crumb. But you know what she did before Jesus? She went hard. She went hard after Jesus. She went hard after Jesus. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. We have that same opportunity. Why do we have that same opportunity? Because we serve the what? Same God. The same God. Amen? All it takes is a what? Crumb. All it takes is a crumb. That's it. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that give you hope? Doesn't that reassure your faith? Say, this lady, all she said was, I want to crumb God. And she received her title of you of great faith. She saw her daughter healed. She saw her life change. She saw her story be put up in the Bible. She says, now we're talking about it 2,000 years ago because she received Heavenly Father, we come before you today, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for your word. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you've done in this place today, Lord. Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, that we realize that all we need is just a little faith. We just need a, a crumb of faith, not a loaf of faith, not a semi-full of faith. All we need is a crumb of faith, Lord. Allow us to be a people, Heavenly Father, to receive that crumb, Lord, to, to, to take it, to, a, to, to, to receive it, to accept it, Lord, and put it to work, Heavenly Father. Lord, you're stretching our faith, Heavenly Father. You've been doing it for weeks, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that we are challenged one more time, Lord. Say, you know what? All I need is just a little faith. Mustard seed, a crumb. It's all we need. Challenge us this week, Lord, in, 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 in the faith department, Heavenly Father. If we need to be Taught something, teach us. Grow us. Lord, allow us to look at the obstacle and realize it's an opportunity for us to accept the crumb, for us to accept who you are, to accept faith. We thank you for that, Lord. Be with us as we leave this place, Heavenly Father, and I pray, Lord, that you be with us, Lord, that you minister to us, that you keep us safe, Lord, I pray. Thank you for what you've done today, Lord. I seal it with your, the blood of the Lamb, Heavenly Father, that... As we leave this, this place, Lord, and as discouragement will try to attach itself again to our lives, Heavenly Father, that we just pick up that crumb and say, no, I got faith. We thank you for that. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer for whatever reason, church, come forward. If not, God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday.